Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. Today we're discussing an article called... The Sin of Forsaking Fellowship. Stephanie in the Facebook group found this article, posted it, Greg read it, had some points of contention with it. (laughs) I've read it. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't quite understand the comment you left for the author. Okay. And so I was kind of curious to, I don't know, throw this one around, see where it goes. I guess this one is, so this is on the, we have, I think, two topics that won't die right now. One is uh, eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you say that, two topics that won't die. And the other one is here is church attendance. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll... We'll switch back to church attendance for today. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun, interesting when you find a topic that just keeps, the life just keeps pumping through it. So this is um, Dan Daly, D-A-I-L-E-Y. This is his blog, um, simply dandaily.wordpress.com. And this is a post that he put out at the beginning of May. So about, um, looks like three weeks ago now, almost. And... Stephanie linked this into the private Facebook group and, uh, you know, thought that this was interesting. She, she, she didn't write much. She just wrote, uh, I ran across a blog this evening that seems to be right along the last few epi- podcast episodes. This one is specifically on the verses, the verse, pardon me, in Hebrews discussed a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a right read through it and I guess there, there are a couple things that, that kind of, um, strike me right away when I'm reading something uh, like this. You know, one of the first things I look for is, is this a, is this a kind of a personal perspective? Is this a, uh, um, an academic perspective? You know, what's, uh, where's this, where's the person coming from? And uh, Dan seems to be writing definitely from a a personal perspective. Um, And I think what you might have uh, picked up on in terms of my response, um, uh, how long ago did I put that in? I think I put it in about uh, it was a week ago or something that I submitted my response. No, no, sorry. It was only like three days ago, looks like. Um, but I was really struck on the one hand by the way he he kind of um, introduces this and and – he, on the other hand, he, he shies away from what seemed to me to be the main point or the main uh, substance, I guess, behind his point, which is his personal experience. He's talking about not going to church. I'll just read it, uh, the first paragraph. As of roughly a year ago, I've quit going to church permanently, period. The reasons aren't relevant to this post, but it wasn't a decision I came by easily or quickly. There were many questions that plagued me throughout the time leading up to my eventual departure, but I wish to inspect one of them in particular. What was I going to do for fellowship? And I think one of the things that strikes me as being really important when someone is writing from their own perspective is, well, what is your perspective and what is it based on? And so when I read that somebody who's a Christian uh, has decided to stop going to church, um, that makes sense to me. 
um, I've done that. You know, that's that's the perspective, uh, the kind of camp I was in, and 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 um, th- that's my up until recently where I've been. But when he also wrote that he he's made this decision and he's made a permanent decision, and I guess for me. I stopped going to church on a regular basis in 1992, 1990, definitely by 1992. So that's 23 years ago. And some people might want to call that permanent, but I would not call it permanent. I had no sense of it being permanent at the time. And I guess I can't quite imagine what would put me in the perspective such that I would make a decision like this on a permanent basis. Well, people then, get married permanently too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I don't know why are you ma- why I don't know. So you're hung. I was gonna say you're hung up. I I don't know if that's true. It's, <laughs> you don't like this word permanently. Well, it's not just that I don't like the word permanently. I I, I think permanent could be fine, but I want to know why. Because then in the very next sentence, though, this is where I didn't. I I guess I I felt mistrustful of the author. I'm like, are you playing me around here? Like, what are you, exactly are you doing? Because he says, uh, as of a year ago, I quit going to church permanently, and my reasons aren't relevant to this post. And I thought, of course your reasons are relevant. You know, gee, I stopped going to church permanently because uh, my children were abused at this church, and my wife was slandered, and... You know, I mean, I could bring out all the reasons, the things, the bad things that happened at my church where the minister was caught in the bathroom of Walmart with the male principal of the local Christian school and my spouse was slandered and was accused of doing something falsely. And then the same person who made that accusation uh, tried to lead a coup against his fellow minister while this other guy was, of all things, on vacation and ousted him from the church. And there are a couple of more things I could throw in there. So your concern is that... Something else is big. Something big has happened to him that is uh, adding some type of a bias to. I think I'm do what I'm, he's written. I know I'm concerned about honesty. Be honest with me. Be straight with me. Like if this is an article that's a personal article, and you're you have reasons for making a big decision, and you as a Christian are endorsing something, which I mean, clearly in this article, this fellow is not just saying, "I did this." I don't really know if it's a good idea or not. He's not saying that. This is a fine idea. This is the way to go, and this is why I think so. But I see the article being all about fellowship and the fact that you know. People set up this case that, you know, what is he going to do for fellowship? And so that's what the whole article is about. I guess that's what he's made it about. But it seems to me that what it's about are his reasons for making the choice he's made. But he hasn't given me any of those reasons. And he's expecting me to. um, So you're wanting to evaluate his reasons. Of course. (laughs) And I'd give him mine. You know, I try to give a, I try to give mine away as okay. much as possible so people can evaluate them. I just think that's fair. So he and hasn't. So, so he hasn't done that. So does the no. rest of the article fall down for you, or because I thought it was pretty good? I thought it was interesting, and he makes some good points. Um, but that piece was important to raise, and I raised it, you know, to him pretty directly um, because I don't think that that's a fair way of dealing with the subject matter, and it's not a fair way of dealing with your readers. Because it's one thing to say, hey, I don't feel like discussing my reasons for, for leaving Christianity. Or pardon me, that would be me, Greg. 
It would be one thing if I said that. It's another thing if I said it's not relevant. But what this fellow said is uh, it's, his reasons for leaving the church aren't relevant. And I think to myself, well, of course they are. They're the, they're the basis for your entire action, right? So it's, it's, it seems misleading. And I, felt, I feel initially, I feel misled. And I wonder, oh, well, is this guy, can I trust this guy, right? And I, I didn't want him to, to, I want him to know that because as an author, if I came across that way, I'd want somebody to say, hey, you know, I'm not really sure where you're coming from here. You can choose to limit your um, article in whatever way you want. You can talk about what you want to and omit what you don't want to. But you need to know that as, an, as a reader, this strikes me funny. So I'm telling him right off, it strikes me funny. Okay. That's kind of where I'm coming from in the first place. Um, and then I guess, yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't think I agree though, John, I don't think this is an article <laughs> about fellowship. I think this is an article about why it's okay to let church go and why is this, you know, everything seems to hinge on one verse. One Which of I the, totally uh, agree with. Uh, no, yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that uh, either. Well, what I'm saying is his experience of everything hinging on this one verse is totally my experience. And I oh okay cool. So in other words, <laughs> and I I love it where he says he says under the subheading of that one verse. Yeah. But still, what about that verse? Remember, quote: Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Hebrews ten twenty four to twenty five. First, let me point out that there is way too much made of this verse. I have heard this verse repeated like the chorus of. I could sing of your love forever. Maybe this dates me. You know you know why it's repeated so much? Because there really aren't any other verses to go with it. One verse. I kind of like that. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> there, so yep. I, I like that. And I kind of liked his idea of, uh, well, I really loved his idea of, he described, he, he's, he creates this idea of this, this club for men. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> keep going keep going i like okay well i feel like i just stole the ball from you <laughs> no no go so this is great so he sets up this situation it says he's either in you or he's not imagine if someone told you that he really loved his wife more than anything that she was the center of his life his reason for living and that his marriage was the stuff of fantasy you ask him what's your secret he tells you it's all about this club for married men that he goes to every week. In this club, all the men talk about how much they love their wives and encourage one another to stay faithful to their wives. He also tells you that whenever someone leaves the club, they end up in divorce. He ashamedly admits that every time he himself lapses in attending this club, he cheats on his wife. I don't know about you, but I'd say this guy doesn't really love his wife. <laughs> and so the whole construct there is church. You know, mm. you go to church because you really love God, and if you don't go to church, then you stop loving God. So I don't, something doesn't feel quite right about this whole thing of of he doesn't really love his wife. I would say in the, maybe the analogy breaks down a little bit there in, in that I would say maybe he loves his wife, but he has some deeper issues that going to this club is not like helping to solve. So mm-hmm. are there some addiction issues or there's some, I, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but like, right. May, maybe there's some deeper issues, but I do think that that is the way that church can be construed, particularly in light of that 
Hebrews passage. Yeah. Sure, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to that, and and I I agree with you, and I I agree with him in that regard. I guess it just seems to me like just because you're given a picture and it's a bad picture, you're not within your rights to say, hey, you know what? Everything to do with that picture is, like, that picture is misleading, and therefore this is the way to go. Well... No, if but I a, don't see him. I don't see this article as saying that the way to go is not to go to church. I take this whole article as fighting against the notion that you absolutely have to go to church, or you're hosed as a Christian. That's that's what I see the force of his article. And then I think there's a section at the end, which I think you also, or maybe we were talking about this somewhere else. The whole sense of all we need is Christ. I think you had took issue with that. Some thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I guess, honestly, it just seems extreme. There's an extremism built in. I think he's got some interesting ways of uh, uh, framing matters. Um, but, you know, I... In other words... <laughs> I like I come, it. It works for me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, hold on. You're not saying the same thing he is. Like, let's be clear about this. Okay. Like as of roughly a year ago, I quit going to church permanently. And I'm just thinking to myself, like here I am. I have been going through these iterations now for 22 years. Well, okay. Maybe that's maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration because between 1992 and 1999, I'm an atheist or an agnostic, so I'm not going to go to church. So I'll, I'll strike that one off. I've been I've been out of this mode of I have to go to church for 22 years. And as a Christian for the past 16 years, um, I have been, you know, working on and off to try to make these types of relationships work. And I guess this is the problem that I have with this article. Um, even if, as he mentions towards the end of the article, you know, he, he he's getting together to kind of, uh, I mean, some of these words, I'm not really even sure what they mean. I'll be honest with you. Fellowship. Uh, it tends to be one of these Christianese words that is, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't really know what it means. But, but if, it, if it's kind of, you know, honest, legitimate, authentic relationship with other people, if he's able to have that, then I think on the one hand, great. But I want to take this back to what you and I were talking about maybe two, three, four podcasts ago about, you know, what do you do when you're in a group, in a small group or whatever, in a church context, and somebody throws out some comment and, and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm in the courtesy nod circle here. And as you and I both discussed, it is really hard productively to push back against the tendency to courtesy nod or to say nothing. And I think one of the comments I made to you was, I find that incredibly difficult myself, even though I've got a lot of training and a lot of background with some of this stuff, you know, ultimately for me to be in a position or in a situation where I'm in a, whatever, in a church group, I'm in the middle of a discussion or even a a hangout, you know, a bunch of people just kind of getting together, hanging out, somebody throws something out. It's really difficult for me to be both unobtrusive and effective. That is super, super hard. But the point I'm coming to is that I think, for instance, if you were there too, I think you and I in a group of 20 people could make a huge impact. I, 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 would, be, 
about literally, I'm not exaggerating, four or five times more optimistic just with your presence there. Let why, alone. Why do you say that? Because I, I know, I know how you're oriented, right? I, I know you. I know what some of this means to you. I know that you are willing to investigate and that you are, you know, to put, to put it in some of your terms, you're an owner of your own beliefs, however you categorize those beliefs. Um, let alone, let's say if you were there and your spouse was there and my spouse was there, the four of us were there. I mean, it, the discussion might not go, people might not agree with us, but I, I would have no sense at all of feeling like I was on uh, the defensive. So, and, so you're kind of saying there's, there's a, some, you would feel more comfortable with a wingman or some safety in numbers. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would simply call it community. And so when I hear, when I read an article like what Dan's written here, I mean, there, there are just so many contradictions in this. First of all, how on earth can you make a decision to stop going to church permanently? Number one, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Like I've been through some pretty rough things in my church background and I don't think any of them would say to me, um, maybe, maybe they said to me when I was in my early twenties, but then again, I was also leaving Christianity. I was leaving the faith altogether. So that's a, it's a different sort of set of circumstances. So I have no idea how somebody can make this a permanent decision. And number two, if you've got that type of interaction, you know, like if I lived in Portland I would literally say to you, hey, John, do you want to go and try a church? Like, you know, I don't know, (laughs) once a month, do you want to go and try one? Or every once every other month, let's go to a small group. Let's see how it works out. Because you never know. You and I might get in there and we might, you know, steer conversation in a particular direction and find out, lo and behold, this is something that a lot of people in this group have been wanting to do and haven't had the skills or maybe the, the courage to do. And all of a sudden, this becomes something that's really, um, I don't know, we find that we're in a group where, where this whole type of, our very orientation is welcome and wanted. And I guess that's exactly what I wonder about this author, Dan Daly. Why, if you've got this thing and it's working, why would you not want to share that? Why would you not want to have that on offer for other people? I mean, you can, you don't have to go out there and kill yourself. Wait, what thing is working? Well, what he's, what he's saying at the end of the article here is that things are working for him. He is getting together. You know, I am personally, I'm reading from, uh, but for those still curious. All that said, I am personally fortunate enough to be able to gather regularly with some amazing friends. I count this as an enormous blessing. I've spoken to many out-of-church Christians that aren't so lucky. They desperately long for such a group, but God hasn't lined that up for them. These people love the Lord and have in no sense fallen away as a result of being disconnected with local, from local believers. Well, I, I think that what seems to, I don't see this anywhere in this article. Where are you thinking about the other people that are outside, that are quote-unquote in the church? Because I think if we go with the idea that church isn't working in many cases, then there are a lot of people who need some help. And they're in the church. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, the, yeah. I don't think that's the point of his article. I think the point of his article is that it was okay for him to not be at church. And so he's saying, he's stating his case for why it was not okay for him to, why it was okay for him not to be there. And then he's saying at the end, hey, if you're still curious if it worked out for me and not being there, yes, it did. 
Okay, well, I, I guess it, it seems like his claim is a lot grander than that because he's making a permanent claim. Yeah, and I think you're putting too much weight on this one word. <laughs> I just the I, permanent thing, really. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like you're glommed onto it too much. Well, I I guess if it were me, as a writer, it wouldn't be my second sentence. It's like the twelfth word in the article. As of roughly a year ago, I have quit going to church. Right, period. but he's not you permanently. Period. I I know. I just can't understand anybody making that decision, and then writing an article like this without offering some of that content. So for me, like I'm still suspicious. I'm still like. What is it exactly that you experienced that made you decide that going that not going to church permanently doesn't work? A and then B. Uh, honestly, I think this guy has misunderstood, and I think a lot of I think this is a common thing in North America, anyways. We've misunderstood. It's down to one verse. It's not down to one freaking verse. It's down to an entire mindset in 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 uh, you know first century Palestine, the ancient Near East. It was the same thing, though. In the ancient Near East, there were. You know they didn't have some of the things they had in first century Palestine. Romans were Romans were considered by the Jews to be a bit of a plague, maybe more than a bit. But they made a lot of things possible that, in previous times, were far less predictable. You know, water and roadways and 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 uh, um, civil, you know, peace, peaceableness, a lack of anarchy. And so, yeah, like in first century Palestine, the idea of not getting together with your family unit was ridiculous. That just wouldn't happen. And yet what we're seeing through the Gospels is this, this, this very forceful reorientation that Jesus is making again and again and again so that those who follow him understand that their co-followers are their family. They are to matter more to them than their family. You know, whoever won't give up mother or brother or blah, 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 blah. Well, you're not just going, going solo here. This isn't a solo deal. That's not what's going on. And I'm not suggesting that the article is saying I'm going solo. But it is sort of saying it's just down to one verse about gathering together. And I think that's totally misunderstanding some of the, one of the, some of the huge themes that take place in the Gospels. No, no, no. He's saying it's down to one verse as to why... Christians today have to go to a building that's officially called a church. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that that's what's going on in the text. No, right? it's not. That's his whole beef. So No, the, but I'm saying it's bigger than that, not smaller. <laughs> tell, tell me what you're saying. I think we need a mediator that. in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play a mediator? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mediate myself. No, but I... <laughs> yeah, no, he's so this verse is the classic verse that would be read to me or anyone mm-hmm. else that I know that doesn't go to church right now or anymore or forever or whatever. Like it says in the Hebrews that you have to go to church. Right. And I had the same reaction that he did. Oh no, I might be doing something wrong. Oh no, I'm gonna fall off the edge. I like his section here, the edge of the world. You know? That this idea that, you know, in in Way back when, people thought the world was flat, and if you sailed too far, you'd, you know, you fall off the edge. The same way with church. You know, if you don't go to church, you're going to fall off the edge. So right. what he's saying, I think, at least what I relate to, is 
people support that position by referring to this verse. And he's saying it's just one verse and it's not being used the right way, which we've discussed at length elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I, 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 we might I just have to end this the, one with agreeing to disagree. Well, I don't know that we're disagreeing, though. Um, I, see, I think we're not connecting because I guess what I'm trying to say is... You don't like the word permanently. Someone, I got if that. If someone else... Is, well, <laughs> no, he, he's good to go permanent. Like, he's good to go do whatever he wants. But if you want me to think... If you want me to take your position seriously, you're going to have to pony up with the goods. Right? I don't take... I'm not... I, so first you of don't all, take I'm not him seriously. Guys, no, I don't take him seriously. I do. Okay. You're permanently leaving church. On what basis? You're a Christian, but that's okay. Why? Because there's only one verse. Well, listen, just because these bunch of people are misusing the Bible doesn't mean you can look at it and say, well, that doesn't matter because they're misusing it. Well, why don't you use it right first? Let's come up with the right way of using it. Let's come up with the right way of seeing it. So once we've understood that, uh, you know, Hebrews uh, 10, 24, 25, as per, you know, that blog post I wrote a little while ago, is really situated within this whole idea of Christ taking on this high priestly role. First of all, let's understand it within Hebrews, but then let's look at the broader context, right? You don't have to go looking to Hebrews to find out information about what is important in terms of how Christians are supposed to relate to each other, including what it might, be, might mean for them to be spending time together and, and how all that should work out. But Dan doesn't seem to disagree with that because at the end of the article, he's still fellowshipping with other Christians. He's Dude, not, he's not going back to church, though. But what? <laughs> I think he's got an obligation. Oh, uh, what? He's you got using the O obligation. word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg's going to pull out the obligation word. I have an obligation. What? Okay, this is getting interesting now. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm I'm annoyed. I am I am extremely annoyed when somebody pulls out something like, yeah, permanently, I don't have to do this. We'll just gather together, blah, blah, blah. It'll be our own little club or group. Well, you know what? There are a lot of people that may need your help. There are a lot of people that may need my help. So, you know, what do I do? Let me personalize it, right? I'm not just going to look at him and shoot at him. I'll shoot at myself. I'm happy to do that. What do I do with some of the work that I have done um, pertaining to my thesis? So when I get feedback like, this is, this is really incredible. This is really valuable. This is deeply needed. But I don't do anything with it. I just sit on it. Am I making good? I mean, making good on what I should be doing. If I've been given something, so in this case, if I've been given some insights that I have worked on and developed and that I have tried to expand upon, but then I don't offer those to anyone. I just keep them to myself. I, I, I'm not loving my neighbor. I'm not doing what is intrinsically part of what it is to be in a love relationship with God. So in the same way, when someone says, you know, I'm sequestering myself away here, uh, I'm not bothering to go to church or whatever, or, you know, I've just decided permanently that's not a necessity. And, and also, if you read some of the comments that he's making, I mean, there's this whole f- sort of focus on freedom and freedom and freedom. And no, I'm sorry, this isn't all about freedom. There are, there's form or necessity that's built into how we interact and how we live, how we engage with God. These things don't just dissipate and become anything we want them to be, you know. And, and again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Daniel, uh, maybe uh, pardon me, Dan uh, Daly lives at, at quite a quite a distance from someplace. You know, I know 
a couple of people and they live on um, one of the Gulf Islands in um, British Columbia. And I do not know if there is actually a church on that island. And I know a little bit about the ferry schedules. And the idea for them to go to a church would be, I, I, I don't even know if it could be done or if it would have to be, we leave Saturday night and then we come back Sunday night. And then the cost and the expense given their financial situation. So there's lots of considerations here, right? I'm, I'm not saying go through any extreme whatever. But it feels like you're this. leaning back in the direction of saying there's an obligation to go to a, a building with four walls. There's an obligation to love your neighbor as yourself. And you've got to figure out if going to church, how and when maybe going to church plays into that. How and when does going to church play into that? For me personally, it plays in a lot. I've got stuff to offer. And part of my biggest challenge is to know when to speak and when to just keep my mouth shut. But then would you say that you've been failing your obligation for all these years that you were a Christian and not going to church? It it would depend on what was going on. I mean, each one of those years, like, you know, for example, while I was there at graduate school, I made two or three attempts to go to churches. And I know I've got all these stories, right, about sitting there and I told, you know, somebody asked me where I went to school. And as soon as I told her the name of the school, she stopped talking to me and turned away. She never talked to me again. So am I failing my obligation by not continuing to go to a place that's, that's so closed that all I have to do is mention the name of my school, which had a pretty good reputation. Um, and, and I'm turned away. No, I don't think so. But I think if I come out of that situation and I say, you know what, this is just no use anymore. This is no good. There is nothing that will positive that will come out of this. And, and therefore, I don't have to go to church because look at all the learning I have. I can stay home. I can study the Bible for myself. I can engage in it with my family. Um, uh, like literally at the end of the day, is God going to say, is God going to be pleased with me? No, I don't think so. I think God would be highly displeased with me. Where does Dan, this sit for Dan? I don't know. You know, but I would personally, I'd be a little concerned. I don't know what his background is. But it seems to me he has things to share with other people, specifically with other Christians. He did. He wrote a blog post. That's not enough. (laughs) That's not enough. I'm talking about his presence. But but what are you basing this obligation on? Like, you're making an assertion that he has an obligation and that you have an obligation. Based on what? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you've been given things, share those things. But why does that have to happen in a church context? John, why do we have a Facebook group? I hate Facebook. (laughs) Talk to me, dude. Seriously, why do we have a Facebook group? Because people are there. Oh, bingo! Same thing with church. It's an easy way to have a forum and... There are a lot of Christians who need a lot of help, and you know where they are? They're in church. Seriously. They're in church. So you know what? I would say to Dan, listen, Dan, if this is working out for you, and it's working out for you to have, you know, for your friends and and for whatever, you know, size of a group you are to gather with whatever, whatever regularity you gather, that's fantastic. You know, I wouldn't say stop doing it. I would say start doing it with church would you would you refuse somebody if they came by with a friend probably not you'd probably say okay thanks for coming 
I'll get to, we'll get to know you and you know, you'll see how it goes. I'm sure you wouldn't just allow a, an incredibly disruptive force in there, but nevertheless, I, I would assume that there's a degree of openness. Why not take that openness in the other direction? Why not, as a bunch of you, go to a church? Now, you might say, hey, we've already tried this, Greg, didn't work. Oh, okay, I stand corrected. No, Greg, we've tried this at three or four churches that didn't work. Well, okay, but I mean, honestly, Dan, you haven't given me any information. Maybe this is in a previous blog post you've written. Dan's got 15 posts between uh, December 2013 and the present. And maybe it's tucked away in one of those other ones. If so, it'd be great to have a link. And I mentioned that too in my, my reply. But I... I, I uh, so, <laughs> so what... So am I... Do you, do you think that I'm failing in my obligations by not going to church? I don't know. I, my guess is no. My but, guess is, but you know me better than you know Dan, and you're saying Dan is failing his obligations. But John, you're not <laughs> telling me you're you're okay. <laughs> All right, here I'll give you my most honest. My 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 probably not. If you and I were there in Portland together, and if I invited you to go to church with me a couple of times, and you just said no, 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 listen, I don't want to go, and I said okay, well, listen, let's set some parameters out. Let's set a timeline out. Let's work with something. And you refuse to work with me or you refuse to do any of that stuff. And you just said, listen, I don't see any value in this and blah, 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 blah. I would simply say, John, I think you're wrong. Here's why. And I would really value your presence. I would love to be able to do this with you. I think even if we did it as an, as an experiment. You better not move to Portland. <laughs> but the fact is, you're not telling me the same story that Dan is telling me, right? You're not in the same spot. This okay. guy says he gets together with 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 Christian friends, and they are able to you know whether do church or whatever. Well, you know, take that goodness, take those the 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 developments, the infrastructure, the uh, benefits that you have accrued through this, and try to share this because you know what, other people need this. I am seriously of the belief that that you're going to find the most the largest quantity of needy Christians are in the church and they may not even know it. Then that's fine. Right. You and I are constantly exchanging stories, maybe me more than you of negative situations in the church where people just kind of, it's like, really? That's a church. Well, I wouldn't want to be in there. Well, no, neither would I, neither would you, but you know, there are a lot of people that don't get out. There are a lot of people that stay in that because they are they feel constrained to. Well, I, I think Dan could be a lot of help to somebody. But I think the attitude he's taking here is completely wrong. Okay, what? I don't think, he, I don't think he's got a basis <laughs> for staying permanently. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me, no matter what your story is. So... Okay, but, I think if there's nice to hear it. I think if there's any episode where we need some listener feedback, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm dead serious. <laughs> so I think if there's any episode we need some listener feedback on, it's this one. So if you have a third perspective, a fourth one, or if you agree with one of ours, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it matters what you think. That's why I'm asking. So get it in the Facebook group, send us an email, post on the website all the regular places and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. I'm not sure where we're going to go with this topic next, but uh, we'll see. 
Thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. Notes and links for this episode are at untanglingchristianity.com. We welcome your thoughts and comments both at the website and our private Facebook group. If you'd like to join the private Facebook group, let us know your email address in the sidebar of the website to receive notes and links for each episode, and we'll send you an invite to our private group. Or you can send your thoughts or request to join the group by email. Send those emails to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode. <laughs>